to another great episode of Sing Second Podcast. Uh, feels like it's been quite a while. I mean, shoot, we've got all of these sports almost into the playoffs now where we didn't have any sports before. I mean, shoot, we're playing card tricks and card games the last time we were on this bad boy. So getting right into it, Brandon, what's good? Not a whole hell of a lot, guys. Not a whole hell of a lot. How about you, Danny? Uh, well, uh, Andy mentioned playoffs, and I know that uh, yeah, you guys been watching the NBA playoffs because that's what's what's good for me for for two reasons. One, uh, my my Nuggets have advanced. I don't think they're probably going to beat the Clippers, but it's like some bonus basketball. I get to watch my team a little bit longer, and uh, two, I'm I'm slowly getting my five-year-old daughter interested in it. She now knows who the beard is. You guys know who the beard is? It's like a quiz. Oh, James Harden? Okay. She knows who the brow is. Anthony Davis. And she knows, of course, who the king is. Uh, Besides me? Besides Kyle. (laughs) Her favorite player is is LeBron James. So what's good is finally, because last time we talked, I said how I I really miss the NBA playoffs. So it turns out it's probably my top one or two sporting events. It's obviously a little different in the bubble of of Orlando, but that's been fun to watch. And then, of course, uh, we're back after a long time and actually have some real college football to talk about. So that's What's good with me? How about you, Kyle? Oh, uh, what's good? Uh, Friday Night Lights. Uh, <laughs> coaching football. Uh, and it's just something special about getting back to normal, getting back under the, the Friday Night Lights. It's, it's an awesome atmosphere. Uh, and that's what's good. I just – I really enjoy being out there on a Friday night and uh, had some success, which is nice, and just kind of getting that feeling back. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm, I'm beginning to think that the Sing Second podcast might have a little bit of a college football jinx to it. Since we started at the end of last college football season, we've seen Ohio State get robbed of a chance at the national title. And then obviously everything else that's gone on. I, I, I hope the beginning of this podcast wasn't the beginning of the end, but uh, it's good to have some, some normal fall sports back. Yeah, I'm going to start that off with a little Friday Night Lights before we get into the, the Saturday slate. But That's why we waited We waited till there was actually kind of a week of college football played before we recorded, just to make sure we didn't jinx the whole thing again. Yeah, so Andy, do you have anything else that's good? Well, I think I'm just going to piggyback off of you, uh, Kyle and Danny, just with the fact of the NFL starts this weekend, or at least it's supposed to. You've got a full week of college football in the past and a full uh, week of Power Five uh, conferences getting going, the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs. If there's one thing that COVID has done great for me is uh, I'm actually going to be a fan of something. Um, I picked the Avalanche. I'm going to try and be regional, so I picked the Avalanche, and I've, I've been kind of riding the old Denver Nuggets the last two weeks, and it's been a fun ride so far. So, no, I just – if COVID's given me anything, it's, you know, dedication to one team. And I, I feel good being regionalized now. But by, by the way, he's wearing a Royals hat and a Rockies shirt at the moment. Regional. 
Can I throw something in there about Friday Night Lights real quick? Let's hear it. So speaking of things that like maybe positives out of uh, out of the coronavirus is now our radio guys are broadcasting our high school football games uh, through YouTube, and it's been tons of fun sitting out on my back patio the last couple Fridays uh, watching you guys work, um, and I get to just sort of relax and watch. And I've actually watched our high school games more closely that way than if I was actually at the game. So. I'm kind of a high school football expert now too, guys. So if you have any questions about anything high school football related, um, particularly the offense that we run, that you guys run, um, I've got plenty to add, but I can take those questions off air if you'd like. I'm sure it's a lot uh, because of the broadcast is just so good and uh, so informational. They're not award-winning radio (laughs) broadcasters, Andy. Um, but they do paint a pretty nice picture. Well, we all can't be the, the top, visual that I get. Yeah, we true. all can't be the top. Oh. Now, Kyle, maybe you can help me out with this. The NBA finals are usually in what, July? They start yeah. in like April. But the finals like end in what well, seems like July, correct? It's in June. Yeah. June. And so, how much better has this last three or four weeks been? simply with the NBA Finals plus all the anticipation of college football? Well, if I was being selfish, I wish the NBA playoffs would have been going on during the summer because one of the bad things about the NBA playoffs, uh, the way they usually are, uh, is it's late nights right before school starts or late nights during school. So I always kind of miss that those first couple of rounds. And now all they did was they bypassed the summer and now it's late nights during the fall semester of school. So uh, it's awesome to get it going, but I still, uh, I still would have preferred it being in the summer. That's fair. That's a good That's point. Fair. Yeah. So, Brandon, I'm going to start off with I was going to say, you guys might be surprised, but there is a fourth person in this podcast. Probably a little difficult to figure out by how it started, but I'm, I'm glad to – I think we missed our shot on on Brandon about two weeks ago because anybody who follows the Twitter page would realize <laughs> that Brandon had some opinions, and I'm I really hope we can kind of get Twitter Brandon kind of out of his shell a little bit on the live podcast. It could happen. It could it happen. Could happen. <laughs> Maybe, I, I think I, I should have switched my what's good up to something Desmond Howard related. I think that could have got us going on a, a bit speedier trajectory. But You could have just started off like just repeating his little – Desmond's little rant just to see if uh, you could provoke BP a little bit. <laughs> you know what, Desmond Howard, if you're listening to this, I kick sure your you butt ain't. out of the Big Ten. I kick your butt out of the Big Ten. Desmond Howard. Desmond Coward. There we go. I'm not a fan of him anymore. I used to like him. No, I don't. All right. So we are officially a week in. Uh, This coming week, we see the Big 12, the ACC get underway. Uh, The SEC is going to hold off one, maybe two more weeks um, before they get going. But we had a lot of the mid-majors get going this last weekend. Brandon, I'm going to start with you just because we haven't heard you the, uh, very much yet. Um, but what, what were your thoughts from the first week of college football? 
Well, I thought it was pretty cool just to get it back on TV, like hoping that there wouldn't be a lot of mishaps along the way, trying to uh, keep everybody healthy and safe and all that. And, and then once like the kickoff started, I was pretty excited. The two games I cared the most about, like a tale of two cities, a tale of two academies, best to worst of time stuff. Gosh, that's, that's uh, dear to my heart. That's a Charles Dickens quote. That's dear to my heart, Brandon. Yeah. That's all I re really remember from the book, to be honest. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, as far as those games go, I thought it was interesting uh, just because it was two different programs, how they attacked their off season and Jeff Munkin uh, from army was showing how they were going to be, uh, having physical practices uh, during the off season, uh, they had a number of scrimmages like every single weekend. And I'd always see a new tweet and I'd say to myself, is that from last week? Oh, they did another like full out scrimmage again. And it seemed like they were really unsatisfied with how they finished last year and they wanted to send a, a tone to themselves or a mentality. And then on the other side and then they started off, obviously, with a, with a big win. And then you have Kenya Matalolo, who's a great coach at Navy. And he was really concerned about keeping his team healthy as well. Didn't want there to be COVID uh, spread or any instance with that. So they didn't do the live all-out practices. And they spent a lot more time kind of on the individual and fundamentals of everything and then they kind of ran into a buzzsaw at BYU and uh, they asked him about it and he didn't you know say I would have done it differently he said if to do it again I, I would still do it the same way because I just had to be sure but this year or I mean this year this week Navy is obviously um, livening it up and practice a little bit more so to me that was just interesting to see how all of these teams from all the different uh, situations that they're in uh, attack the season. But the Army and the Navy, because I kind of consider the academy schools being at the quote-unquote bubble as much as you possibly could be at a campus, um, I thought that was interesting how they could be so drastically different in their approach and then how they had a huge – disparities in their results too so that's what i think uh kyle what games were you watching this last weekend uh, <laughs> question uh i actually watch zero games uh so i'm pretty pretty invested in this college football season to start with uh i honestly kind of forgot they were on just because i uh i there weren't those big name schools a uh, game we'll be talking about here in a little bit is Miami versus UAB. And Miami playing on a Thursday night will be the first Power 5 school uh, to play a game this year. So um, I am kind of a, a sucker for the big names. So uh, this last week, although uh, I had some other stuff on, I, I went home. It wasn't like any of these games were appointment viewing for me. Uh, I did find it interesting kind of piggybacking on what – what uh, Brandon was talking about with the academy games, uh, obviously fans coming to games or not coming to games is going to be a, a big thing this year. And I thought it was interesting that Army 
had cadets at the game, but Navy didn't. I think that's how it was. It was either that or vice versa, but it was because um, Army Stadium is on federal land, so they kind of get to decide how that stadium is run, where Navy Stadium is on, like, public land, state land, so then they had to go with all of the the different local guidelines and stuff like that. So I just thought it was interesting seeing a crowd full of cadets and then the Naval Academy not getting that same same option. See, that's the, be- the, the best part about being friends with Brandon is you can text him on a Saturday like we just had and just say, what am I supposed to be watching right now? So that's that's what I did. And he told me, you need to be watching Army. And I, I took his advice, and I, I enjoyed it. I, I only watched the first half, I will admit that. Um, but what I enjoyed watching about that game is, like I said, I watched our high school team play Friday night. And then as a casual viewer, it's, I seemed to notice that Army's offense was very similar to, uh, to what our high school runs. And so after having watched the two – two high school games, not to get into high school football too much, but it was just the interesting thing for me was to um, kind of have an understanding what Army was probably trying to do and, you know, keep the ball, let the clock run. I think I texted Brandon towards the, like, middle of the second quarter and said it seems like Army's had the ball the, the entire game. So um, shout out to uh, our non, um, non-primetime viewing host Brandon Peterson for uh, being able to give those recommendations. Shout out to you there, Brandon. Thanks, man. No, I, I, uh, I, I just think it's interesting and Brand hit on it pretty heavily, but just the contrast between army and Navy. Now BYU is always the, uh, one of the oldest teams in, in the nation, just simply because a lot of their guys go on um, uh, mission trips for, for the church before they go to BYU. Um, and so just to see them smack around Navy, who's usually, who's known for the, the power and the, the, the option, things like that was pretty, pretty eye-opening. Um, the second game that I was watching was Memphis and Arkansas State, um, where Memphis, they just lost their head coach to Florida State, Mike Norvell. Um, but they had a lot of guys returning in a lot of key places, but they struggled against Arkansas State. And so a lot of times you'll see a head coach move on, but that previous school just kind of keeps going, especially if the offense pretty much stays intact. But uh, Memphis, uh, they're pretty favored, pretty highly favored in the AAC, and they came out to a, a rocky start. Uh, they still did get the win, but definitely not in the normal Memphis fashion. Should we move on to week two? Does anyone know? So, or is is the Army Navy game scheduled for this year? Then. Yep. Oh yeah. Will yeah, it be an are... Army Army blowout? I see it. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not really sure. Is the cool thing, uh, and I won't go too long on this or whatever. But uh, so like they both teams and like their administrators of their schools had said if there was one game that was going to be going on this year, like that one was like, no matter what, uh, but air force, uh, is playing a two game schedule this year because the mountain West 
uh, was allowing one of their conference teams to play football still. <coughs> Big Ten. <coughs> Excuse me. But uh, so uh, Air Force, they're playing Army and Navy, and so they still get a crack at the commander-in-chief. And I, up until, I mean, they have a quarterback issue right now, suddenly unexpected, but I'm still going Air Force, going with the sweep for the whole thing. But I, Army-Navy's usually pretty close, even in years where one's way better than the other. I mean, I think it'll still be a close game. Well, and you can tell what losing their star quarterback was a Malcolm Perry. Yeah. Um, how much he meant to Navy last year. They had dropped back, and then he'd kind of Michael Vick and scramble and then gain 25, 30 yards. Well, the quarterback they've got this year just can't quite do the same things that Perry can do on the edge. And so uh, BYU was really able to kind of control that aspect of what was so much of a big uh, option for Navy last year. Last year, I undervalued how important Perry was at the quarterback position because they kind of moved him away from it. And then uh, last year he showed he can, you know, he was the right quarterback. And that year where Army-Navy was in the snow a few years ago, had it not been snowing, uh, Navy would have won that game because Army just, they could not stop Perry around the edge except for just the slick surface, like, well, and what was it? Uh, Perry's sophomore year, he was playing quarterback, and they went nine and three or something like that. They moved him to a slot back or an A back, and they went three and nine. And then last year, they went what, like ten and two or something like that. So yeah, uh, he's good. Yeah, yeah. Him at the quarterback will will get you some W's. Don't get me wrong. I I'm excited that college college football is back, but I think it would have been really cool if we didn't have college football, but the only game that was played was army Navy. Like if they just had the pomp and circumstances of that game and that game alone, I think that would have been just a cool side. I can't even imagine what the lead up to that one game would have been, but it would have been for the natty, you know, exactly. exactly. (laughs) Go back to the fifties. Brandon, we go ahead, Danny. Sorry. It would have been the world championship, right? United States Army versus the United States Navy. I mean, yes, it would have. We're going to call it the World Championship. Boom. Okay. Now, Brandon, we've talked about this a few times. But what's the uh, the weight limit uh, football league that all the academies have? They call it like the sevens or something like that. Uh, sprint football. Sprint football. There it is. The Ivy Leagues and the academies have a sprint. <clears throat> That'd be a pretty cool alternative to magically have on ESPN two instead of ESPN eight. The Ocho. It would be fun to watch. <clears throat> All right, let's go ahead and move forward to uh, the unofficial official week two in college football. Uh, we're going to do these chronologically. Um, so the first game we're going to talk about happens tomorrow. That would be Thursday, September 10th, or today, depending on when you're checking this bad boy out. Um, or yesterday. Or yesterday. <laughs> but the uh, the uh, UAB Blazers, who are – 1-0 coming off a win against uh, Central Arkansas or something like that last week. A um, couple years removed from the death penalty. They've had a couple good seasons after their uh, program being canceled. Uh, they're taking on the Miami Hurricanes led by Manny Diaz. And so, Kyle, this is your pick. Uh, Miami's a, what, a 14.5-point favorite, it looks like. 
At the I moment. saw 14, but it might have got 14 and a half. People taking the overs. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm a big Levitard Show fan, so I get to hear about uh, Miami about more than any other team. Uh, so I'm always kind of just bought into them a little bit more, I think. But I just I, – I find it interesting, A, I already mentioned it, where it was the first – they're the first Power 5 team to play. They're a 14-point favorite, but um, I think it's big that UAB has already got a, a win under their belt or even any live competition under their belt, uh, a 10-point win. So uh, I think it'll be a, a pretty interesting game. Uh, Miami uh, has kind of their a, – a ballyhooed quarterback. They have De'Ara King from Houston who transferred to Miami. So they got a little bit of a star power that – maybe people kind of forget about since he's been sitting out or he kind of had uh, a lot of publicity at the end of last year, or at the beginning of last year on what he was going to do in terms of if he was actually going to play for Houston or not. So uh, just kind of interested to, to kind of see what that first live game looks like. Um, and Miami is actually allowing, uh, I think it's like one fifth, 20% of stadium capacity. So there will actually be fans at this game. I think the number is like 13,000. So I think it's just going to be interesting to kind of see what the, the crowd looks like, have them all spread out, and just kind of, like I said, see that first live action on a, a Power 5 team that is playing in this huge stadium with very few people in it. And so uh, I'm going to take Miami. I don't know if we're making picks or not, but I'm just taking Miami because – that's going to be the team I roll with. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if uh, Manny Diaz can do better this year, if they're innovative with their game plan at all in terms of offense, because I know last year they were getting kind of picked on for just having a, a bland offense with the new coaching staff. But uh, they lost a lot of talent on defense, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if, if they can actually reload or not. Yeah, we're definitely making picks. For for the listeners out there, our, our kind of uh, thing we're going with is we, we're each picking a game that we're excited about or at least interested in watching and, and uh, you know, maybe giving some reasons why, why it's worth a watch and then uh, definitely all making a pick. And I'm assuming we're just picking winners. We're not messing with the point spread at all. I would say, yeah, our, our chances of being right are a lot better. <laughs> yeah, well, I think so. I mean, I, I would be willing to bet we probably all are all going to make the same picks this week and maybe a lot of weeks. But um, I think as the season goes on, it, it'll be interesting to keep tabs on how we're doing. And um, if whichever one of you guys still remembers the Twitter password for Sing Second, maybe if you could put these up. Uh, as polls as well to see if we can get a little uh, little listener action in. Um, so yeah, I got I got Kyle with Miami. I'm gonna go Miami as well. Although um, if it was you know picking with points, I would say UAB would be the pick there. I don't know that Miami beats them by more than 14, considering kind of what Kyle just mentioned that UAB's already played a game. They've had that live action. Um, I think. Um, that that favors them a little bit, but 14 points is still in this 
quite a lot. So I'm going Miami with the win there. Not so fast. <laughs> that was my best. I, I got nothing else. Um, Miami last year in their bowl game, not to say this is the same team, but they had a lot coming back, lost to Louisiana Tech. Not good for Manny Diaz in his first or second year, whatever it is. Um, first round draft pick Gregory Rousseau sitting out this year. Not good for the defense. But I still think they overpower UAB, so I'm taking my own as well. Dang it. I thought you were setting up a big uh, going rogue on your pick there. <sighs> Not today. All right. I got Andy for Miami also. Well, I would have to say the last, like, solid quarterback for Miami was maybe Ken Dorsey. Ken Back in, like, 02? Back then, you know? And I think they have somebody who could be, like, kind of a game-breaker at quarterback now. Miami plays, seems like most of the time, pretty good football, uh, especially at the beginning of the season. And like with Kyle saying, they have fans there. They're going to be excited. Uh, one of my best friends in the whole world, Dusty Detterding, is a huge Miami fan. Uh, so I I would be letting him down if I didn't just by that alone go for Miami. But I think I think there'll be too much to handle at home, and yeah, it'll be a fun Thursday night game. I'm excited for it. Were you friends with this guy in the '90s? Uh, I feel like it'd be hard. It would have been hard to be friends with a Miami fan back in the day. We became friends in 1999. Okay. 99, 2000. So it was, you know, after the only time it really was tough was obviously when we played them in the Rose Bowl, you know, and, uh, but he didn't really talk much smack to me and I didn't wasn't very confident in the Huskers chances in that game going into it. So I wasn't also trying to start anything, you know, but so he was a good sport about it. And uh, yeah, he's, he was a classy fan, classy guy. No, that's good. Good to know. Um, all right. So just a quick little recap, four votes for Miami zero for Alabama, Birmingham. Moving on the 11 o'clock slate for Saturday. Uh, Danny, you have Louisiana, formerly Louisiana Lafayette, Raging Cajuns. Now it's just Louisiana at Iowa State, which is ranked 23rd in the in the nation in this preseason poll. For now. Um, does anyone think they'll be in the top 25 by the end of the season? Are they still going to keep the freaking Big Ten and Pac-12 teams in the top 25 if they're not playing any games? I would say by that point, no. I hope not. But that kind of that, that's kind of the thing about Iowa State. So let me try to set this game up for you guys because uh, I really think that that this is going to be one to watch. So we start with. I think Andy showed me an article somewhere that was like, you know, if you're a Big Ten fan, here's the Big Twelve team that you're supposed to be a fan of, and Nebraska fans are supposedly supposed to be Iowa State Cyclone fans this year which I can get on board with. Uh, I have a cousin that attended there, and, and uh, so kind of a proxy Cyclone fan from, from time to time. Visited old Jack Trice Stadium a few times and uh, did the whole tailgate scene there, which um, 
not having that, I'm assuming they're not having that. Um, it's going to be quite a different world for, for Iowa State fans. But uh, that's part of the reason why I picked this game. Uh, we'll get into some other reasons moving on. But here's the interesting thing about Iowa State from last year. They were 7-6 and six last year. They were 5-4 and four in conference. Um, but it seems like every year they have a, a couple big wins, and then they almost knock off some teams. They'll, like, they'll, they'll have the lead going into the end of the fourth quarter and somehow manage to lose. So I was going through Iowa State's wins and losses from, from last season. Uh, notable wins against TCU, West Virginia, Texas Tech, and they actually beat Texas, who was ranked 19th at the time. So some, some decent wins. Their losses, lost to Iowa by one point, lost to Baylor by two points, Oklahoma State by seven, Oklahoma by one. Uh, they then lost to Kansas State by 10 to, to finish out their regular season, but that's an average loss of about four points. So I, I always get a kick out of Iowa State with their couple decent wins and then almost having some big wins but not being able to, to, uh, to quite close it out. And then they got demolished by Notre Dame in, their, uh, in the Camping World Bowl, 33-9. to um, But I, I would say Iowa State fans are probably pretty excited about this season. Uh, they're returning their quarterback, Brock Purdy, um, they, they have a sophomore running back who got the bulk of the carries um, last year as a freshman. His name's Brees Hall. So some significant returners there. So things for Iowa State fans uh, to be excited about. I honestly didn't know a whole lot about Louisiana until I uh, started looking into them today. Uh, they got first in, in the Sun Belt West last year. They lost in the Sun Belt, Belt Championship game. Anybody know who they lost to in that game? It's quiz time. Appalachian State. Lost to Appalachian State. Uh, they were sixth in the nation, Louisiana, in rushing last year and returning both of their, their carriers, um, Elijah Mitchell and Raymond Calais. They, they combined for over 2,000 yards last year. Um, and then their, their quarterback, Levi Lewis, is returning as well who actually, I found out today, uh, was, was made an offer by Iowa State. So uh, a little bit of connection there. So I actually think this is setting up to be a good game, guys. It's an 11 o'clock kickoff on Saturday. Uh, so you can get up, have, have a cup of coffee or whatever your morning beverage is, and, and tune in to ESPN. Iowa State is an 11.5-point favorite. I don't think they'll cover that. Um, I think they'll win – by one or two points you kind of think back to their opening game last year they they I can't remember the team but won in triple overtime last year might have been northern Iowa uh, so I think this is going to be a close game I think there's going to be some points scored uh, but my pick is going to be the Iowa State Cyclones who else wants to make a pick in this game now that you're excited about watching it <laughs> I was going to say, I'm still waiting for those couple of points that was really going to hook me. Uh, <laughs> I really despise Iowa State. I think it all stems from uh, that game a long time ago where they beat us. It was like 9-3, to three and we had yeah. a million turnovers, and Niles Paul just drops the ball as he's running in to score a touchdown. Uh, so based on that fact alone, based on a game that happened 
more than likely 12 years ago, or if not more, uh, I'm taking Louisiana. There we go. Wow, the Raging Cajuns. It's going to be a good game, and I think Louisiana could win. Yeah, a heck of a softball program, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. They're top do 10 they of the year. Yeah, yes, they do. Um, Iowa State, for me, hey, is always – was this you wanted to bring up how you're a really good softball player? Hey. Um, anyway, so uh, <laughs> Iowa State's always that team that it's everybody's sleeper pick to make a run to the Big 12 championship, and they always fall short. Just like uh, Danny said a couple of minutes ago, just with, oh, they're the sleeper. Well, they went seven and six last year, whatever it is. Um, Louisiana has always had a good rushing game. Uh, they had a guy get drafted a couple years ago, Elijah McGuire, who has bounced around a few different camps. Um, but I definitely think Iowa State avenges their home opening loss or to Northern Iowa last year or barely escaped Northern Iowa last year, whatever it was. Um, I think they do end up covering that 11.5-point spread. Great breakdown, Danny. I like it. I like Iowa State as well uh, to win the game. I don't like the team that much. From even back before the the heartbreaking loss that Kyle was talking about, I still remember Seneca Seneca Wallace. No, Seneca, Seneca Wallace running, yeah. just running Ennis, wild. It is something. Some <laughs> running back. I can't remember who it was, but uh, I mean, yeah, they. They're a tough team. I think. I think they'll take care of business. Their, I, their coach too, Matt Campbell. It's like mid-season. His name's being thrown around about maybe he'll get a different job next year. Maybe he'll move up a little bit, and then by the end of the season, uh, his name kind of drops off the radar. So I even remember thinking he would be a good hire for Nebraska a few years back, but nope, still uh, kicking around in Ames, Iowa. Beautiful Ames, Iowa. All right, so is that three for Iowa State, one. So we'll either have a clear winner or a clear guy trailing after the second game on Saturday. The next one is a 12.30 Central Time kickoff. Um, it takes, uh, takes place in West Point, New York. It's Army, as Brandon has alluded to already, as he's a big Army-Navy guy. Uh, taking on another team from Louisiana, uh, Louisiana Monroe. Uh, what are they, the Hawk, Eagles or Hawks or something like War that? Hawks. Yeah. War Hawks. There you go. Brandon, take it away. So, yeah, we got Army versus the University of Louisiana Monroe War Hawks. Uh, going to the battle. So, I'll start with I'll start with them. I'll start with ULM. They've been going through some, as has everybody in today's day and age, you know, in this world we live in. But uh, they've been going through a lot of turmoil. They, uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, had a little COVID outbreak. They've had to deal with hurricanes. Their uh, defensive coordinator, I don't know if he got fired or quit or what the deal was, but like 10, day, 10 days ago, he is no longer their defensive coordinator, which is probably not optimal for any team. Uh, so they've just kind of had a lot of distractions going on, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they get ready for the game. They run like a zone read type of an offense. Uh, their quarterback, who was a backup last year, I've heard reports that he's 
a little bit accident prone or, you know, sometimes makes poor decisions during the game. Um, so hopefully for their case, you know, he, he does a pretty good job of taking care of the football and making the right reads. Probably their, one of their better players is our running back, Josh Johnson, uh, who he'd be somebody to watch. And then also they have a tight end by the name of Josh Peterson. Not related to this Brandon Peterson here, but related to another Peterson near and dear to my heart, Doug. Oh, Doug from the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> His son is their tight end and had like almost 1,300 yards receiving last season. Wow. 10 or 11 touchdowns. Pretty solid guy. They'd probably be trying to draft him to replace – Ertz if they don't get them into a long-term deal or something. That's that's nepotism right there. <laughs> so uh, I think uh, it could be a good game for him. I want to see how he matches up against the inexperience of the linebackers for Army. Last week, I really didn't think Army was going to win. Uh, the, the time previously I saw him match up against an air raid type of offense was Hawaii, their second to last game last year, and they got destroyed and their game plan was not sound at all it was one of the most frustrating things I've seen and so uh they obviously Jeff Munkin felt the same not after talking to me but on his own accord and so uh, he made some changes to the staff and they brought in a defensive coordinator who was a uh he was like one of the analytics defensive assistant not like the defensive coordinator but just kind of like a helper of defense at Michigan last year but also I think uh, he was maybe at one of the schools like where Paul Johnson was before a long time ago or something I'm guessing maybe that's why he had the connection to Jeff Munkin and uh, so he had that defense really improve um, when we ULM they bring some a lot of players back on their defense and I think They'll be excited to play to take their mind off of other things. And uh, Army, it was exciting to see them play so well last weekend. But having watched them for a long time, it seems they kind of tend to play to the level of their opponent a lot of times, which sometimes is good, like when they're playing Michigan or uh, Oklahoma. But uh, not so good when they're playing teams like UL Monroe. So I think it would – it's maybe like it opened up as a 17-point spread for Army, and then I think it even increased to maybe 19 points. And I, I just don't see that big of a score. I think Army's going to win. Uh, like, they'll hold on late, but it's going to be a, a stressful game for them, and uh, I'm excited to see it, though. Uh, Army's quarterback, Christian Anderson, uh, looks pretty good. Another player to watch, Sandon McCoy, their fullback, number three. I like him. And they have a freshman named Tyrell Robinson. And uh, the other day in one of their scrimmages, he opened it up with a, a kick return for a touchdown. And I didn't know if that was saying bad things about their special teams. But after seeing him lead the team in rushing, I think, last week, I, I think he could be the real deal for them. And it's pretty cool anytime they have a freshman start playing because you don't get a red shirt uh, when you go to Army. So, yeah. So I think Army's going to win a close one. Excited to see it. Excited to see the cadets out there in the in the stadium cheering them on and 
Jeff Munkin gets pretty fired up and yep. Now wasn't Louisiana Monroe uh, the school that oh what's the Duck Dynasty family? Didn't the the dad play quarterback for Monroe or something like that way back in the day? I think so. Oh, nice little tangent there. Um, yeah. Sadly, I think that's where the victory stops. Um, Army, I think, is just going to control the run game. It, again, like Brandon said, it probably won't be by 20 or 21, wherever the spread ends up being. Um, but shoot, if that machine keeps rolling down the tracks like it, it did game one, they'll be in a good, good spot. Can you imagine? So, so this team is from Monroe, Louisiana. They call themselves the Warhawks. And who are they going to compete against? Our United States Army. Our United States Army football team. They don't, have, team. they don't have a chance. It worries me, though, that Brandon thinks our Army plays down to the level of its opponent. <laughs> but um, I take the advice of my friend Brandon. He says he says you should be a fan of, of our Army. I'm a fan of our Army. Um, and I, I'm not pessimistic. I, I'm going Army – uh, given the 20 points, I think they're I think they're covering that. Uh, they has UL Monroe. They haven't played a game this year, have they? They were nope. supposed to play last week uh, to Troy, I believe, and uh, due to the COVID stuff, uh, it got postponed. Or yeah, they're they're weak. <laughs> they're weak coming in. Um, Army, I think, will have a little little of that home field advantage. I think it'd be a little eerie seeing only cadets in the stands. Uh, when you're going out of town to an unfamiliar place to play, uh, this is going to be a, a shock and awe from our Army. It's going to be a destruction. I like it. So I'm picking Army. Uh, I'll make you unanimous. Army as well. All right. So, again, that's 4-0 for Army, 0 for Monroe. Um, still one game change there. So, again, Kyle can either be pulled ahead or – be behind. One last game on the docket. Uh, I, I think I chose this one because much like Pac-12 after dark where nobody would watch it, no one's going to watch this game. Uh, it's the last game of the night, 9 p.m. Central time, and it takes place in the Central time zone. Uh, Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers, taking on the Kansas Jayhawks. Now that's a late game, 9 p.m. in Lawrence, Kansas. That's 10 p.m. in uh, – Conway, South Carolina, where Coastal Carolina is, right? That's is that right? Been there. Nice. Is that Pebble Beach or something like that? Famous Myrtle golf course. Beach. Myrtle Beach. Pebble Beach, Beach is in California, so it'd be actually earlier for people from Pebble Beach. <laughs> Real early. Um, but no, this is a rematch from last year. Uh, KU starts off as a seven-point favorite. Uh, the over-under is 56. And I, I mentioned the over-under at 56 because the final score last year was 7-12. to 12. Um, And it was one of the ugliest games I've, I've ever watched um, on the, the Division One football side. Um, but KU's kind of a polarizing team. Uh, obviously, they got beat by Coastal Carolina 7-12 to 12 last year, like I just said. But then they almost took down Texas and ended up losing to Texas like, 48 to 50 on like a last second field goal or something like that. And so uh, midway through the year last year, they changed the O offensive coordinator um, to Brent Deerman, who was putting up a thousand points a game uh, at the NAIA level the year before. And so he jumped from the NAIA to division one football and um, kind of took the, took it by, took it by storm. Uh, KU 
Last year had the number 56 recruiting class, just with less miles attached to it as the head coach. Uh, this year they're already at the 40 at number 42, and they have two four stars. And so uh, the to pull two four stars already is is pretty impressive um, for KU. Um, my wife's family is a big Jayhawks fan, so I feel like I had to pick this game, but they're rubbing off on me, and I do have a lot of KU apparel. Um, getting to the stats of it all, uh, Puka Williams returns. He's kind of their star player. He's um, was all Big 12 running back last year, if not two years ago. Um, the second 1,000-yard rusher back-to-back uh, in KU history, the only other guy to do that was Gale Sayers, and I believe he's like an Omaha alum or something like that, so yay, Nebraska there. Um, but the issue does become the quarterback. There's going to be a quarterback battle. Uh, they only have one guy on the roster who's thrown a, ga- a pass in a game last year, and it may be the worst QB rating I've ever seen. Uh, it's like negative 200 uh, because he had one pass and it was intercepted. So uh, statistically, that can't get much worse. Um, so kind of a big QB battle with no uh, no end in sight there. But they do return their number one, number two, and four uh, receivers who combined for 1,700 yards receiving, so kind of a big offensive chunk there. On the defensive side, uh, only the, they lose the top two tacklers. And so uh, some holes to fill definitely for KU. On Coastal Carolina side, they also had an 1,100-yard back coming back, uh, C.J. Maribel. Uh, they have a two-quarterback system, so they had two quarterbacks, uh, last names Peyton and Carpenter. They combined for 2,300 yards passing. Um, but there's an old adage, if you have one, uh, two quarterbacks, you really have zero. Um, their top receiver comes back, and so is their top tackler. So it should be a another close game. KU is only favored by seven. Um, but I think the late game, not only for the Jayhawks, but even later for the Chanticleers, pushes it to a KU victory. Chalk it up, KU. 1-0, and baby. I'm going rock chalk on that one as well. Uh, like I said, I've been to Conway, I've been to Myrtle Beach. Pretty cool little spot. Uh, not winning this football game. Have you been to Lawrence? Nope. Lawrence is a cute little place. Oh. Brandon, what do you got? Um, it's interesting about this game like I don't know where I saw or why it was trending again but that Coastal Carolina coach uh, dog and cat speech I saw that somewhere kind of bouncing around on Twitter uh, the other day and it just made me laugh and I was like man if that would have come out now it would have been like much bigger on social media than you know whenever it had come out. We need some dogs. (laughs) Yeah it's pretty good but uh you know I've been a a Kansas, not a fan, but like since they had that reality show with Les Miles, uh, was that last year? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I just really liked all the stuff, like his attitude and the way he was having his team fight last year. And I don't know a whole lot of them. I don't know much about a lot of these teams this year right now, just because of the weird off season and and they haven't played yet. But I just like to think. Uh, He's going to have them ready to play. They're going to be physical. They're, 
they're going to take care of business and I'm excited to see Les Miles uh, come out with a big win. So I'm going Kansas. Uh, looking through, looking through the Jayhawks schedule from last year, they were terrible. <laughs> and I remember talking to Andy at the beginning of the season about teams that maybe um, weren't supposed to win a lot of games trying to find one that maybe would win more than those number of games. Um, you know, just talking for entertainment purposes. Uh, and their over-under wins was was three games last year, and they won three games. Four I'm sure I told you uh, I couldn't see him winning more than three games last year, and, <laughs> and then you said that didn't help because you needed an over or under for some entertainment purpose. <laughs> exactly. And they won exactly three games and lost to Coastal Carolina. But beat Boston uh, College the next week by 20 points. Yep. It's I, like those people in Vegas know what they're doing on those over-unders. How do they do that stuff? And they had close I, losses. They were competitive in, you know, in a few of those. I was actually going to ask if Les Miles got fired, but apparently, Brandon, you're telling me he's still their coach? Oh, yeah, he's got like a lifetime contract just by his name being Les Miles. So what what would you say – what do you think their number of wins is going to be this year? This might be it because it's an all-Big 12 schedule. And by definition, they have the hardest schedule in the Big 12 simply because they don't play Kansas. I actually wonder if – is Vegas offering like over-under season total wins at all this year because – Nobody really knows how many games anyone's actually going to be playing. You might just answered your own question there. Not to turn this into a gambling podcast, but curious about that. Uh, I think it'd be no different than like the NBA games where a lot of those bets would just be considered like no contest. So you just essentially get your money back. I would really like to pick Coastal Carolina, but with all of you guys picking Kansas, I'm going to go with Kansas. But That's it's a, a safe joke. pick, Danny. Come on, a live a little bit. A seven-point favorite at home is all against Coastal Carolina, and they lost to him last year. But did seven to twelve over under is fifty six this year. All right, so I got I got the Jayhawks. And so that's four for KU there. Golly, four for KU. Who would have thought this was a football podcast and they had four four picks for a one and zero start? Well, shoot. So there's our four games to watch. We had one tomorrow night or Thursday night, the old seven p.m. kickoff on the ACC network. If you have the ACC network, uh, the second game at eleven a.m. on Saturday on ESPN. Then about halftime or midway through the third quarter, the 12:30 kickoff on the CBS Sports Network, network between Monroe and Army. And you get a nice, good afternoon nap in, a good dinner, maybe a nice uh, late snack before the kickoff nap. for a KU. <laughs> yeah, second nap. Uh, so that way you're recharged and ready to watch Coastal Carolina take on KU. Kansas Jayhawks at 9 p.m. on Saturday night. Talk about the Pac-12 after dark being replaced by must-watch TV there at 9 p.m. So that's kind of winding down the re-return of the Sing Second podcast. Now bring it back to a 
a segment we always do to kind of end the show, our extra points. Brandon, do you have an extra point for this episode? Uh, yeah, with all the point spreads and kind of things we were talking about Las Vegas, it might be a bad thing if I didn't mention that uh, in the U.S., the National Council on Problem Gambling Helpline offers a confidential 24-hour helpline for problem <laughs> gamblers or their family members at 1-800-522-4700. Good man, Brandon. Gosh, week two, and we're already just identifying the world's problems. <laughs> Kyle, extra point. So I don't know if you guys are aware of this or not. I found it pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, we haven't recorded a pod for a while, so I was just like getting on my, my podcast app, and uh, I just searched for our pod. I was like, surely this is still live and everything. And it was, but I, I found something interesting. Since we created this, because when we created the Sync Second Pod, it was a completely new name for me. Like, I had no idea. Like, I didn't know what it meant or anything. But as I was clicking through this, there is now a Sing Second Sports Podcast. Like, oh. Somebody stole our name. And when you look back on it, we clearly had podcasts before this thing was even accounted for. So somebody just ripped off our name, and it's, it's Sing Second Sports, and their description says, a weekly podcast by Navy sports fan for Navy sports fans hosted by, and then a bunch of guys, I'm not even going to say their name. Like, no army. And, and their, their Twitter handle is we sing second. Like it's a complete ripoff. <laughs> like you gotta be joking me. So, so should we, I think change, we have a little beef going. So we've got to change our Twitter handle to we sing second, sing for, or sing first or something like that. We sing second first. Yeah. I think the, the legion of Twitter follow, followers that we have needs to make this known. And I think we need to get after this, this secondary sing second podcast network that think they're just some willy nilly guys stealing our stuff. So you're trying to incite some sort of like a social media riot or something. <laughs> little, little Twitter beef. Never heard anybody. Okay. <laughs> Brandon, what's our legal team doing about this? Avengers assemble. Yeah, geez. Get get Johnny Cochran on, on the case. <laughs> Danny, extra point? Uh yeah. I uh wanted to throw another game out there for you guys. UTEP at Texas. Uh, Texas is a 43-point favorite, but I did just find out over the weekend that a uh, family relative on my wife's side is the starting quarterback for UTEP. His name is Gavin Hardison, so uh, I got a little rooting interest now in uh, University of Texas, El Paso. So are you going you gonna to buy the old Longhorn Network for one game this year? Or? I would never contribute to the Longhorn Network, and it's comical to see a 43-point spread, but uh, good luck, Gavin. And, uh, you know, put it on those Longhorns. That's my extra point. 
Andy? <laughs> Gee, thanks for asking. Uh, so the other day it came out that uh, Doug Flutie's football 2020 or 2021, whatever the new game is going to be, is coming out the 25th of September, I believe. Uh, in that game, you will find a sing second Nebraska Good Life Bowl um, that we are the uh, official sponsors of. So if that is something that you uh, want to help support a great cause and help support that bowl game in Nebraska, because there may not be too many bowl games this year, make sure you go out and find that wherever Xbox, PlayStation, maybe computer games, you wherever you buy those. But um, So that's kind of a cool little tidbit follow-up from – like our second to last pod that we did way back before college football was over and ruined. Do you think Remember? the second sports podcast has a, has a bowl game in that, in that video? It better video? not. It better not. not. Kyle, remember when we used to argue about if, if Lincoln hosted a bowl game, how many people would show up? Yeah. If Lincoln hosted a bowl game next weekend, you actually doesn't matter which teams are in it. You it would be full it. capacity. You it. There would be zero fans there next week. So I guess I'll, I'll take the win on that one. <laughs> okay, if there was no restrictions and there was a bowl game next week, it'd be full capacity. You don't you think, you think Nebraska fans would fill up a stadium regardless of teams? If it was next weekend, absolutely. I mean, we just spent an hour talking about – Coastal Carolina and Kansas. I'd this rather like go to birth. Lincoln than uh, go to Boca Raton. That's for sure. Oh, man. This is like <laughs> oh, reverse shoot. bowl season. And when it's bowl season, you watch whatever football game's on because it's like the last football college football you're going to get. Now we're talking about all these games that normally wouldn't wouldn't be that interested in because it's the only college football we're going to get. I'm excited for all four of these games. That's right. You don't sound excited, Dave. That sounded very, like, forced. I'm so happy to be here. I'm trying hard to be excited for all four of these games, guys. Gosh. Well, shoot, that concludes this episode of Sing Second. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, email us about topics, games you're watching, any of those stuff. We'd love to hear from you. Don't follow those imposters unless you're going to – uh, just subtweet them and, and send them hate mail. But anywho, appreciate you all. Stay classic.